As we prepare to hear God's word read and proclaimed, let us pray for illumination. Holy One, your word is a lamp to our feet. Give us grace to receive your truth in faith and strength to follow you on the good path you set before us. In Christ, amen. Our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was, was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Holy Wisdom, Holy Word. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Each year in the weeks between Christmas and the beginning of the season of Lent, recommended scriptures for worship focus on early stories about Jesus. And by that, I mean the stories from early in his ministry. The first chapters of all of the Gospels talk to us about what Jesus did first. These are his processes of becoming the one we ultimately know through stories about Jesus like the prodigal son and the good Samaritan, his teachings and his ultimate persecution and crucifixion and resurrection. But how did this spiritual giant begin and what were the stories that shaped his early life? In the next several weeks, Jana and I will preach about these stories of becoming Jesus and this week we will focus on what I will call beginnings. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we come to these ancient stories, startle us with your good news of love and grace. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O oh Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Happy New Year. This is the first Sunday we've been together in worship in 2024. I imagine that you, like me, 
have seen plenty of news stories, articles, blog posts, best of lists, invitations to make a resolution, and other references to the closing of last year and the starting of a new one. One appeared on my phone this week. It was from NPR. It was subtitled, 50 Ways to Help You Move Forward in 2024. That's 50, five, zero. It was divided into categories, career, family, finances, fitness, getting organized, health, hobbies, home, mental health, and relationships. Each one then with its own subheadings. By the time I finished scanning it, I had 50 new reasons to feel bad about myself. <laughs> the new year and its practices can be overwhelming and shame-inducing. And yet there is a kernel of truth about the start of a new year. We often need a reminder to start over, to think again about some aspect of our lives, and to be invited into a new beginning. And that element of the new year is consistent with the good news of Jesus Christ. Because the good news of Jesus Christ is about starting over. The story of Jesus is all about the many ways, and yet one more way in Jesus, that God makes a fresh start with creation. And every version of the story of Jesus begins with that idea. The beginning of Jesus' ministry is understood differently depending on which gospel you read. Matthew and Luke tell the Christmas stories most of us are the most familiar with. We hear in those Gospels about Mary and Joseph, shepherds and wise men, the manger and the star. In the Gospel of John, we hear a different kind of familiar reflection, the philosophical idea. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mark's gospel, which we read from this morning, usually does not appear on Christmas Eve. Mark starts with a shorter introduction that seems to skip Christmas altogether. But Mark does indeed talk about a beginning. Today's reading, his first verses start, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. Now it is no accident that Mark starts with this phrase, the beginning of the good news. My old friend and mentor Bill Plaker once wrote in a commentary, Mark wants us to know that the whole story that follows is a beginning. The whole story that follows is a beginning. Everything that we will hear in the story of Jesus from start to finish is about starting over, experiencing forgiveness and renewal, taking a fresh run at things. With his opening words, Mark recalls the opening words of the Old Testament for us once again, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. Mark wants to take us back to that frame of mind when God created the world the first time and called it good full of promise, full of possibility. This too is the starting point of the story 
of Jesus. The phrase good news in that first verse, good news, euangelion is the Greek word. It is much more expansive than what we usually think of as good news. As that same Bill Plaker writes, if you look back at the usage of that word in other places in Scripture, you see that this is an entirely different form of victory and good news than anything else we experience in the world. Regular good news comes to us in all kinds of forms, good enough as they are. Good news is proclaimed in the Bible by imperial heralds. Good news is proclaimed in our own time by presidents or hedge fund managers or fan magazines that tell us about the stars. But that good news is of an entirely different kind than this kind, which will raise questions about the ultimate importance of all of those other kinds of good news. Good news. This is how Mark starts the story of Jesus. So the story begins with that short phrase, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. And then immediately there is John the Baptist, whose role in life is to announce the coming of Jesus. And John the Baptist was crazy. John the Baptist was crazy. That's what everyone would have thought of him. John, it says, is clothed in camel hair. Not the kind that old Presbyterians wear as a sport coat, but a rough animal skin that he had to throw a leather belt around so it didn't fall off. He is sustaining himself on a diet of locusts and wild honey, which he eats for survival, and he is preaching out in the wilderness. It is important and not always acknowledged that John had not always lived in this way. In the Gospel of Luke, we are told, importantly, that John the Baptist was the son of the priest, Zechariah. So, John would not have grown up in the wilderness. He grew up near the Jerusalem temple. He was a child of the very small upper class in a society with no social, mobili social mobility. And he would have been his father's heir apparent in the temple. He trades it all, the comfort, the status, the privilege that goes along with that station in life, and he heads out into the wilderness by choice. So yes, everyone would have thought John the Baptist is crazy. But then again, he must be on to something that the rest of us need to figure out. For it also says that multitudes went out to see John, multitudes, to see him and hear what he had to say and to be baptized by him. And Jesus goes with them. That's where his ministry begins. Why? What is John preaching? John is telling people to repent. Repent. It sounds like threatening stuff to us. In the Fresh Spirit service this morning, we had a song right before 
the uh, sermon that said repent over and over again and I looked around and watched the people in the congregation kind of shy away from that word. It's threatening stuff to us. Repentance. But I like the way that Brian McLaren talks about this word. He's a theologian. He says that repent means rethink everything. Rethink everything. Question all of your assumptions. That is repentance. And unlike a New Year's resolution about shedding a few pounds or taking up a new hobby, repentance is the very best kind of thinking we might do about our own lives and the world in which we find ourselves. Shake yourself out of those things you've told yourself about the limits of what, are, what is possible for you and for the world in which we live. Consider that there might be good news so powerful it could change your life and the world. That's what the story of Jesus is going to be about. That's the story we're about to hear. Much of this sounds kind of individual, but there was a powerful so social component to John's message. The world into which Jesus was born was dominated by the Roman Empire. Regular people were mostly pawns in the efforts of their local puppet kings to shore up whatever little bit of power and wealth they could before Rome took the rest of it away. This is the world into which Jesus was born. But John the Baptist refused to take part in all of that. And so would Jesus. They still lived in the midst of that reality of power and oppression, but they refused to be defined by it, and they said the same to anyone who would listen to them. You and I also live in a world where we often seem unable to escape dominating influences in our own day. Political strife, rampant materialism, the anxiety that arises from the constant consumer messaging that whatever you have, it is not enough. And the message is that we too do not need to be defined by those things. And just like in Jesus' time, faithful living is often not about walking away from the world, but about walking with the world in a different way. In the midst of the global crises we face, things that tend to make us feel paralyzed, climate change, wealth inequality, the wars and refugee migrations, local crimes and mental illnesses that occupy so much of the world's stress, of course Christ is not inviting us to forget about those things or ignore them. When we read about the beginning of the good news, we are invited to believe that God has something to say to us about engaging in the world, but doing so in a different way. Like John and Jesus, we can be in the world, but not of the world. Not paralyzed and hopeless about the problems we meet, but resilient enough in our faith that we can engage life in a new way.
All of that sounds a bit radical, I'm sure. It sounds like a different and better life can only be had if you drop everything, quit your job, abandon your family, and head out into the wilderness to eat locusts and wild honey. I don't think it has to be so dramatic as all of that. I read a social media post. I don't read a lot of social media, but this one was forwarded to me from an old friend. It read this way. I ended 2022 in an alcohol-soaked, frustrated rage at my job, my life, my relationships, and ultimately at myself. It was scary for me and those around me, and things got worse before they got better. I ended 2023 sober, happily cuddled in bed with a partner I love so dearly and who has stood by me through so much that the gratitude and joy is overwhelming. A lot has happened between that I, that I won't get into. But as an overall trajectory, I'm pretty happy with it and pretty sure I'm walking the right path. Wishing a peaceful 2024 to all. That friend of mine who changed her drinking habits was apparently caught in a web of addiction that had come to define much of her life. Her post is remarkable, and yet escaping from such a thing is quite common. Every day, in all kinds of places, including right here in this church building, groups of people gather together to walk away from a life they no longer will allow to define them and to walk into a new kind of freedom. Addiction is but one example. Every day, people decide to depart from all kinds of things, systems of materialism or comparison to one's friends and neighbors, calendars that are way too full and harmful expectations we've allowed others to set for us, the despair that comes from the news cycle. And in the midst of walking away from things such as these, they choose to say, I am not going to be defined by that anymore, not the way I once was. I don't have to do that. My life can be centered in something else. The story of Jesus Christ has the power to reshape the whole way we look at life in the world through the simple but profound ideas of love and grace. For while we live in a world where power and money, merit and revenge, guilt and shame often carry the day, the message of Christ is that God created us good and loves us. There is nothing you can ever do to remove that promise, that acceptance, that forgiveness, that grace and love from your life. Nothing. As Mark says, this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ.
this year you are invited to hear it.